There's a huge difference between Thanksgiving in the Old Testament under Moses and in the New Testament in Christ. And that is that under Moses, a Thanksgiving offering was a free will offering. In the New Testament, Thanksgiving is a command that we are to give thanks to God for Christ, give thanks to God through Christ, give thanks to God in everything, and give thanks to God at all times. And so, what happened? The cross happened. When something comes up to the cross, some things cease. That would be Passover, for example. That would be um, the Jewish dietary law, for example. So, some things cease. Some things begin. So, yes, Passover was celebrated annually since the deliverance from Egypt, and every year it was mandatory. It had to be celebrated, but Jesus held the last supper. And at that occasion, he changed Passover into the Lord's Supper. Passover was thanksgiving for deliverance from Egypt. The Lord's Supper is thanksgiving for deliverance from the world and all of its contamination from sickness, from poverty, etc., etc. So, thanksgiving as a free will offering was lifted in the Old Testament, free will. New Testament, you must render thanksgiving. Here's why, because at the cross, all things changed, all things that you need have already been given, and thanks is for blessings already bestowed. Not for those things that are still coming, but for those things that are given. Are you with me? And so, uh, Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You don't need to wait for something to be sent from heaven. If it's a spiritual blessing, it is already given in Christ. That doesn't mean that you see it, but you've got to recognize that you have it. You have rightful possession of it. You want it to become manifest in your life experience. You want it to show up in the life that you experience every day. Are you with me? You understand? Okay. So, Second Peter, a similar thought, uh, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given, that's past tense, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, that is, by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious 
promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, church, in your consciousness, you need to find a shift in terms of thanksgiving, a shift from asking God to do something that his word declares he already did in Christ. Amen. Amen? When my wife hollers over to my office, Walter, dinner's on the table. Uh, I don't need to ask her for dinner. I need to respond and partake of the dinner she has served. So we move our thinking into a different realm as believers in Christ. All spiritual blessings, every one of them, has been given in Christ. You don't need to ask God to send patience. You need to tap into Jesus who is your patience. You don't need to ask God to send peace. You need to tap into Jesus who is your peace. Are you with me? You don't need to ask God to send you healing. In Christ, by his stripes, you were healed. You want that manifest in your life. You want it to show up and be exposed to you and everybody else who can recognize it's yours. And that is you want it to become manifest or visible to the, to the eye kind of a thing. So every spiritual blessing is given. Somebody help me here. You know, so the next time you're in a stressful situation and somebody's bugging you, you don't have to, you know, it's like, it's like you don't want to slug them, you know, so you, you, you fall on your knees and you cry out, oh, God, give me patience. No, that's not the way to go. He gave you patience. You need to reach into Christ and find the patience he's given you. Scripture says, work out your salvation. You don't work your salvation in. You work your salvation out. God has put it in you. In Christ, you need to get it out of you. So it's not, God, give me patience, but thank you, Jesus, that you are my patience. And then if I quit living and let Christ live in me, then his patience starts manifesting, and I don't slug you. Amen. Amen. As his divine power has given, whoa, everything that I need for godliness, everything that I need for life. So there is no God, when are you going to do something? But God, thank you that you have done something. Now, let us find it in Christ and release it in life. Are you following me? Amen. All right. And so, we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Partakers, partners, participants, people who are joint 
partners, partakers of the very nature of God. How else could you possibly love your enemies? Come on, help me here. Amen. Love your enemies? I'd rather get my shotgun. <laughs> love your enemies? That's crazy. No, that's Christian. Only Christ can do that. But it is done in you, in Christ. So, yes, you can love your enemies. Yes, you can forgive anybody. Yes, you can. But it's not something you're waiting for. It's something God did. And now it's work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. So, this shift of thanksgiving from a free will offering under Moses to a command in the new covenant <clears throat> is that some things cease at the cross, the dietary laws of the Jews, gone, done, right? Passover, done. But Passover comes out the other side, converted, if you will. So something new is released, the Lord's Supper that we will celebrate today. The body of Christ is not before the cross, it's after the cross. You're following this, right? And some things continue. That is to say, there was worship, but now there's a new and different kind of worship, a higher form of worship, worship in spirit and in truth. There's a higher form of revelation, epinosis, that which goes beyond gnosis or knowledge, that which is above and beyond. It is what, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amen. And so we understand that no more um, free will offering, it is called for all the time, in every place, in everything, through Christ. Amen? Amen. So, we look back to the Mosaic law, to the Mosaic code, and what we get is types and shadows, or great pictures of what will be in the new covenant. And so, let's look at that picture of authentic thanksgiving in the book of Leviticus, chapter 7, verse 11. This is the law of sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer to the Lord if he offers it for a thanksgiving. So, there was the free will offering, and in order to give thanks to God, one made what is called a peace offering. It could function as a thanksgiving offering. Just before chapter 7, in chapter 6, uh, we find everything we need to know about the burnt offering, the guilt offering, the sin offering, the meal offering, the drink offering. This is the peace offering, which is a free will offering that is reiterated that it's free will in chapter 19 at verse 5. And it includes thanksgiving as a function of it. 
Look at verse 19, and here we discover that peace offerings can only be offered after these other offerings. And these other offerings deal with expiation and consecration. They deal with expiation, that is, the removal of sin. And they deal with consecration, that is, the offering of self to God. And so, two things we need before there will be peace with God, and that is forgiveness, the cleansing of sin, expiation, and then consecration is like we, Romans chapter 12, uh, give ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. We throw ourselves on the altar. What else can I give God uh, except me? Amen? Amen. All right? And so, it's like we read at verse 19, the flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. And as for the clean flesh, all who are clean may eat of it. But the person who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord while he's unclean, that person shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, the person who touches any unclean thing, such as human uncleanness, an unclean animal, or any abominable unclean thing, and who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord, that person shall be cut off from his people. That is to say, there has to be a cleansing or there cannot be peace with God. There must be a cleansing and there must be a consecration, a stepping into. Consecration essentially means being made holy. Holy, consecrate, sanctify, all wrapped up, it's really one Hebrew term, and that is to say, set apart by God for God. Amen? In the New Testament, you are referred to as a saint. That word means a holy one. That means one set apart by God for God. Amen. Amen. So, there must be a cleanness. And by the way, when we come to the New Testament meal, which we will celebrate today, by the way, let me ask, have all of you received communion elements? And if not, would you please raise your hand and the ushers will deliver those elements to you. We do have somebody in the back over here without those communion elements. All right, praise God. And by the way, at home, why don't you get ready, please? Grab a hold of something. Jesus can still turn water into wine, so if you don't have any grape juice around, grab water. It's cool. He knows what to do with it. We are, we are doing this in honor of the Lord and celebrating his sacrifice as our Passover. Amen? So join us. All right, so what I'm getting at is New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10 and 11, talks about this communal meal that we will celebrate today in which we celebrate Christ. But there needs to be the same thing, expiation and consecration. There needs to be a forgiveness and a setting apart to God for his purposes. Amen? Amen. All right, so we go back to Leviticus 
And I want you to know that every peace offering, every thanksgiving offering ended with a communal meal. So if in the old covenant there was going to be this peace with God and a peace offering is being made, rendering thanks unto God, then it's going to end in a communal celebration just like we will have today as we take communion. Amen? So Leviticus 22 tells us, verse 29, and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. That's what we already know used to be a free will offering. Verse 30, on the same day it shall be eaten, you shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. Let me pull out of that for you, extract a principle, and it's this simple. You cannot take part of Jesus. You need all of him. You don't get to say, I like the healing part, but I don't like the become generous part. Hello? I, I like the blessing part but I don't like the go-into-service part. You don't get to pick and choose the Jesus that is your Lord and Savior. You take all of him, or actually you don't really get any of him. This policy was established at Passover. Either you ate all of the Lamb of God, or you did not get delivered. It was that simple, and it honestly is still that simple. You don't get part of Jesus. You cannot apportion him. It's all of the Lamb of God, or it's not the Lamb of God. Amen? And looking at the offering back in chapter 7, Leviticus verse 12 says, if he offers it for thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. The two things that we see here are these cakes have to be unleavened. Leaven in Scripture is always a type or a symbol for sin. So when somebody says, get the leaven out, essentially it's get the nasty stuff out. Get Get the um, evil out. Get the sin out. So these cakes will be unleavened cakes, and they have to be with oil. So that's the rest of the picture, which is oil is always a symbol of Holy Spirit all through the Bible. And so you understand the peace offering is attained when there's expiation, and we do agree, and we let God get the sin out, get the leaven out, and Holy Spirit is necessary to make this transaction complete between us and God, between God and man. Amen? So, that was verse 12. Verse 13 sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't. So, 
that will be explained. In verse 13, it says, beside the cakes, this is the unleavened cakes, as his offering, he shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. Uh, sounds contradictory, but follow. Leavened bread was forbidden to be burnt at the altar. So everything that was God's portion was burnt. That's how God took his portion of the communal meal. It was a burnt sacrifice, a sin offering, etc. This is leavened bread, and it is forbidden to put it on the altar. So by way of explanation, verse 14 shows us it's not God's portion. And from it, that is these two loaves, uh, from it he shall offer one cake from each offering as a heave offering to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. So it's not God's portion, it's the priest's portion. And here where it says heave offering, heave offering simply means the priest would take the loaf and lift it high. So like this, it would be, thank you, Lord. So thank you. And sometimes it's referred to also as the wave offering. So there's the heave offering, and then there's the wave offering. Are you with me? Okay, and that is not God's portion. That is the priest's portion. Amen. So, one understanding that we walk away with today is that thanksgiving has passed through the cross. With it, peace has passed through the cross. It's changed, just like worship was changed. There's Old Testament worship, and then there's New Testament worship in spirit and in truth. In both had worship, but it changed at the cross. Amen? So, so has your peace changed at the cross. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 6 to 8. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ has been sacrificed, and you are now unleavened. <clears throat> Amen. So, it would be good to know that the Thanksgiving offering was specifically used. Although it was free will, it had to be. It was specifically celebrated at the Feast of Weeks, that is uh, the Feast of Pentecost. And so, think of it, we are giving Thanksgiving for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You needed to offer this Thanksgiving offering with the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow set aside a special priesthood, the, the Nazarites, who were going to keep a, a, a lifestyle uh, more 
reserved unto God than anyone else uh, on the planet. So basically, we, we offer a thanksgiving offering for the priesthood of the believer. Amen? If when you came in, nothing had been said, and I said, will all the priests, please uh, lift your hand, probably no hands would go up. However, in actuality, every single one of you believers is a priest. You're a holy priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. You are made priests by Christ's Passover. Amen. It was used, this, this offering, at the installation of priesthood. You need to recognize and give thanks that you are positioned as an ambassador for Christ. You are positioned as a minister of reconciliation. Amen. And the other occasion when this uh, thanksgiving offering was brought before God was at the dedication of the tent of meeting and the dedication of the temple. And of course, New Testament, come on somebody, the temple changed. Come on. What passed through the cross? Old Testament. God had a temple for his people. New Testament, God has a people for his temple. You are the temple of God. Amen? And also, it's good to know that the, the peace offering was lifted at four special occasions in the nation. So, not individually, but nationally, whenever there was military success. Can you give thanks unto God that Christ has made you a victor and an overcomer? It was offered at the cessation of famine and pestilence. Thank you, Jesus, that there's no shortage. In fact, you know, as we take this drink, as we take this, this uh, body of Christ, the blood of Christ, we will never thirst again. We will never hunger again. Amen. It was offered at the acclamation or acclaiming the king. So, as for instance, when David was enthroned after living in a cave and being chased by Saul and such, this offering would have been given, and it is for <coughs> acclaiming the king. Thank God that Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he's your Lord. Amen? And it was also used for national spiritual revival. So whenever God's people who were out of sorts with God were coming into repentance and turning back to God and a sense of renewal was taking over the nation, thanksgiving offerings were lifted. Today, we, we give thanks in Christ. We give thanks through Christ. Amen? So, I'm not closing, but getting ready to close. Uh, let's take time today to contemplate before we take our communion, our communal meal. Let's contemplate that we are cleansed. We are 
forgiven. We are released from the penalty of the law. Let's express gratitude for that. And also, let's reflect on this year behind us for our successes in everything in this calendar year, and that will help us prepare for next calendar year. That is to say, let's finish 2020 strong, and that will position us for even greater success in 2021. Amen? Amen. So quickly, let me just say, in order to do that, number one, you want to take an inventory. Psalm 107, verse 8, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You need to measure progress or you'll never actually arrive at your goal. Uh, you'll just keep moving. But motion is not movement. Amen? It's a, and movement is not attainment of a goal. There needs to be measuring progress. That's integral to success. Amen? So we do that. We take inventory. Secondly, you want to make Thanksgiving personal. We need other people. Uh, it's like life is, is, is before COVID was separate enough. It's even worse now. Amen? We need to restore the world to wholeness. Our lives seemingly separate are really not separate, and they become more meaningful as we relate to other people. So would you spend some time this Thanksgiving season expressing gratitude for the vital relationships in your life? Just thanking God for those special people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were having a bad day, but somebody spoke some sunshine into it. They're special. You know what I'm saying? It's like you had many, many teachers in life, but there's probably that one that had something that they did or said that, 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 that sticks with you to this very day. We need to thank God for all of the vital relationships he's given us. Paul said this, we give thanks, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Amen. So if you're at home, get your communion elements ready, and here we go. Number three, give the gift of gratitude. Gratitude, church, will unlock fullness of life. It will turn what you have into enough or more than enough. It'll turn denial into acceptance. It'll turn chaos into order. It will turn confusion into clarity. Thanksgiving can turn a meal into a feast. It can turn a house into a home. It can turn a stranger into a friend. Thanksgiving makes sense out of our past. It gives sense to our today, and it, it releases vision for tomorrow. Amen? So lastly, I want to say words of appreciation will bring a fresh wind to people's lives. So give them. Amen? It's like you can put wind in people's sails with some encouragement, some 
affirmation. Bring that to your key relationships because it will build devotion, it will build faithfulness, it will build creativity in the name of Jesus open. Hallelujah. <clears throat> it will bring goodwill. Number four, we close with this. Make any adjustments necessary to finish your year strong. We are running a race, but we need to take stock, and perhaps it's time to adjust your stride or adjust your pace or adjust your form because we want to cross the finish line strong. Here's how Paul said it, Philippians 3.14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal. That is to say there's nothing casual about it. I am going to get there, and I'm going to do that. I am endeavoring heartily to get there. So this Thanksgiving, let's appreciate the goodness of God. Let's appreciate that that goodness is in every aspect of our lives. And just like Jesus knew that he needed to say what God said, do what God showed him to do, etc., let us remember that whatever we're going to accomplish in life, it's going to be by the grace of God. Amen? So in closing today, we are here, church, giving thanks to God, blessing that all blessings in heaven, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is already mine. Say that to yourself. I don't see it, perhaps, but it's mine. It belongs to me, and I will see it. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, all things that pertain to life, whatever I need, all things that pertain to godliness, whatever's missing, these are already mine, and I am pressing in until they show forth. Amen? So, you're taking communion, I remind you, take all of the Lamb of God, not part. All of the Lamb of God. You are healed. You are delivered. You are free from poverty. You are uh, set free. You're loosed. In Jesus' name, take your communion and receive all of God's Christ. Amen.